UK Motor Talk at the SMMT Regional Test Day, South 2023. Well, hi everyone and welcome to a special podcast. We are at the SMMT Test Day in Hampshire somewhere, aren't we? Yes, where are we? Oakley Hall. And it's very, very nice here, isn't it? This this is one of the poshest venues I think I've ever been to. It is. It's a bit, maybe a bit too highbrow for us. I have come uh, in emblazoned. Emblazoned? Emblazered, should yeah, I say. Too, uh, it's too highbrow for me. It's not too highbrow for you, though. I think you're okay. Well, here we are. I've decided to go first for a Toyota Igo Cross. And this is a special edition, which has a funky interior. And the reason why I've decided to, to grab this is because pretty much everything here is electric, as you'd probably expect, because almost everything coming out now is electric, and that's probably not a surprise to any of you. And you can't really buy small egg-segment cars anymore, can you? Especially not ones with floor mats that say chance balance? Chaos balance. <laughs> Chaos balance. I assume it's supposed to say chaos and balance, and then the letters have just carried on. But yeah, Chad's balance. Well, I mean, I don't I, know what that's meant. all I can say is it's not Chad's balance necessarily in here. This, it feels like a, an Igo. Apparently, you can have these from about 16, 17 grand, and there's still, well, body colour inside. There's still everything you need, really, isn't this? This one's got bum warmers, uh, which is the, the switches are hidden under the dash with a little light at the top, which is. Which is a bit odd, but it feels like an Igo. You say this is a, is a special edition. What's the uh, what's the name of the uh, the special edition that this is? <laughs> oh, it's the 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 Jan Takahashi version. I'll tell you. Hang on. There's a button on this. Is, I'm, I'm getting out of the car. Hold on. Hold on. Right. It is Jun Takahashi. Right. Okay. So you got you got the word right. You got the you got the easy word wrong. But the, the Takahashi is easy, isn't it? We can always say that bit. Who is, as we know a famous Japanese fashion designer. Um, <laughs> That's one of us that knows that. <laughs> well, of course we know this. Of course we know this. Is, is your did, tweed one of his? Did the man from Toyota just tell you who he was? <laughs> yes, the man from Toyota just exactly just told me who he was. But anyway, the point is, are small petrol engine cars still relevant? And if you are going to have a small petrol engine car, what is your choice? This. This. <laughs> this. This is it. So here we go. Let's see if it is still relevant and what it's about. I'll let, uh, I'll let uh, Jim talk you over the interior. Well, it's been a while since I've sat in an Igo, actually, because my missus used to have an Igo, a, uh, a 10 plate, three door, blue something or other. We picked it because it was in the nice blue colour that she wanted and it happened to be the perfect spec as well. Well, you say the perfect spec, yours was one of the ones that had the dreadful automated manual box which basically lurched you forward and backwards in the seat every time it decided to change gear. Not if you just backed off the throttle when it changed gear, it was fine. never, never back off. Never back off. As long as if you were flat out, it was fine, and then just a lift when it was changing gear, and that's it. Have some mechanical sympathy, man. Absolutely not. But I was a huge fan of the original LIGO. Really physical engine. It was, and these are the best of this type of car, a cheap small car that didn't pretend to be anything other than a cheap small car. So you could see the interior colour on the inside. Everything was made out of scratchy plastics, and they were cheap. But they didn't, they didn't pretend to be anything other than cheap. And that's fine. I was quite happy with that. Did the man from Toyota tell you how expensive this one was? No, he didn't. How expensive <laughs> is it? Go and tell me. I don't know. I'm just wondering. Because uh, well, I, I suspect this isn't such a cheap small car as you think, is it's it? It's not, but he said to me, these, these are now available for 16 to 17 grand. Um, 16, 17 grand? Oh, 17 yeah. grand. Pretty good. <laughs> See, I think, uh, I think Joe's one was Ooh, eight. 
Yes. It does seem like a lot of money, but when you bear in mind a Fiesta with hubcaps is £22,000, it's not that much money. It places it in the market, doesn't it? It does. It does. And let's be fair, we've got a touchscreen in the middle that does your media, your phone, your navigation, your Bluetooth, etc. We've got heated seats, which are very nice. They're working very well. We've got a little power button down here. What's this for? What does that turn off? What have I just turned off? I don't know. I will tell you this, though. My backside is on fire. The seat warmers, which only have one mode, and that's presumably fire and fire only. Yes. Right, we're going to turn left out of here, apparently. Going left, yeah. I think this this might be the on-off button for the wireless charging. Why would you need to turn that off? Well, it says down here, don't put keys and other things down there. One thing I have noticed in uh, my car, actually, if you chuck the keys on the wireless charging pad, the car doesn't always see the keys in the car. So, presumably, the induction electricity, the wireless electricity that's floating around, knackers the signal from the key, which makes sense. So, if you do want to put your keys or something else there, then you can turn the uh, the charger off. Or save the, save the electricity and save the MPG. Is it like the old-fashioned thing of turning the aircon off to give you more power? Turn your wireless charger off as well, just to give you that extra 0.001 bhp. Well, first impressions. This is not fast. We probably won't expect it to be a quick car. We have got very used to small, fizzy, turbocharged little engines. Um, when it's moving, it's okay, and there are three of us in the car, so I should probably say at this point that I'm in the car with, with Jim. Hi. And uh, Hi. And with Andrew in the back, who is both producing and editing us as we talk, which is why <laughs> occasionally... It's optimistic. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We, uh, we, we say different things and suddenly stop in the middle of a... Moving on to the... Uh, no, we don't really. Um, yeah, meanwhile, in a different car. Yeah, meanwhile, in a different car. Congenuity, people. It's all right, though, isn't it? It's quite comfy. Yeah, so you said we had a scratchy plastic, just looking around at some of the other materials. So we've got half pleather kind of pleather on the seats with some funky donkey uh, hexagonal stitching going on there so that's quite nice handbrake is yeah very uh, very scratchy plastic steering wheel is thin rimmed but very nice to hold and that's actually quite a nice quality of pleather isn't it that's that's it is. pretty good to be fair we quite like that we've got a uh, color coded inserts in the steering wheel around the screen and the gear knob quite well they color coded too I'm not really sure but there we go but what's confused me though is the instrument cluster a bit though because we've got a speedo with a really weird scale on it like naught and 10 are really close together and then 30 50 70 90 and an optimistic 110 are all far more spread out mm. so that's why is that a rev counter oh we have got a rev counter on the left fuel gauge on the right and then what appears to be a 1999 spec garmin sat nav thing just plonked in front of the glass no behind the plastic yeah that's weird isn't it that's that's like to be i'm going to be totally honest that looks like how we've mounted the uh, the gps speedometer stroke lap timer in the track car it's just kind of glued on there do you know what it reminds me of do you remember when back in the 90s and kids of the 80s and 90s will probably remember this you could get those little handheld games and they were always things like space invaders yes. or racing car games where you could go left or right to avoid crashing into a car and it had the style of, of music it's kind of exactly like that it does seem a bit odd and there's a lot of information going on there so it's got lane keeping warnings and it's got a, a recovery gauge in there and it's got how many mpg i'm doing it's just 
everything is going on at once it's all flashing and it just doesn't it's not particularly clear because there's too much in a small area see I think the, the actual just looking at the information now I think all of that's okay I just don't a, I don't get the fact why it keeps turning on and off. The uh, the auto lights are really, really sensitive, and it either it either appears to be brighter than the sun or off the mm. Mac lighting to it. But it's I, like it's it's just glued in front of the speedo. It's very, very weird. Things I do like though the centre screen. That's huge. That's a, a good size screen. You've got the nav that's in front of you. The climate controls they're in front of you. You've got physical dials. Yeah, the actual buttons you can. Yeah. And, and listen to this. Listen. There's, there's a tactile click when they work. It's good. We like this. Yeah, they do. And it, it's all logically laid out. You can see everything. It makes, it all makes a lot of sense. The other thing is the steering wheel buttons are physical tactile buttons, and I like that. And everything feels nicely screwed together. It doesn't feel like it's going to fall off in your hand. It's, it, everything's in front of you. You can see all the other controls. It's only really the little cluster in the centre that I'm not too keen on. And, of course, the weird heated seat buttons, which are, as I say, tucked under the dash to a point where you have to have a separate light higher up on the dash to tell you that it's working. We've got some useful bits. We've got a 12-volt. We've got a, a USB. A USB-A, I must, uh, I must admit. That's uh, slightly behind the times, but... Oh, through a chicane. <laughs> this is a cross version of the car, which I don't ever really get, because you're never going to use this thing off-road. I don't subscribe to the whole... Are we not? ...urban jungle not thing. There, there is a field just to our left. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Did the man from Toyota say we couldn't go off-roading? No, he specifically didn't say you can't go off-roading. I have had to shift down to third at 30 to pull us up the hill here. Come on now. Who had the extra buns a minute ago? Oh my goodness. Okay, this is tedious. I would want a bit more poke. So if you live in a town with hills, maybe not. Um, or at least don't take passengers with you. Or maybe just get the right gear, I suppose, in the first place. I was going to say, just pr proper planning and observation, you would have seen the hill. Oh, over a humpback bridge. That's it. Over crest. Absolutely no chance of air there at all. N none whatsoever. But we are now heading into a country road, so we're winding her up. And yeah. Oh, little bit of understeer. It, you can't get over the fact you are a bit higher up. It's beeping at me for some reason. I have no idea why it's doing that. And because the screen has gone black, I still can't tell. So pressing on through the corners. Yeah, it's all right. Let's uh, let's go for a keen downshift, shall we? Oh, no, it seems to be quite happy with it. I'd imagine in the back, if you've just had a cup of coffee and a couple of buns, this would be desperately unpleasant. So we now go to our correspondent in the back of the car. I shall take the microphone and just say a couple of words, yes, because getting in the car, the doors seem very small to try and get in the back here. But it's surprisingly enough room in the back. Jim might realise that I'm massaging his back with my knees, but apart from that, it's uh, not too bad. I would suggest a little bit more roly-poly than uh, perhaps the driver realises, but... Uh, yeah, not too bad. I think you can never get away from the fact that cars were higher up and the physics that go with that. I will say, I do think this is pretty comfortable and if it is just the two of you or two of you and a small child, probably not going to be a problem. Is this still relevant? Yes, I think it probably is. If you don't need a big car, you don't do a huge amount of miles or you've got nowhere to charge it, do you need anything more than this? No. Would you spend this much money on one? I'm not sure. Let me say, 18 grand brand new, I'm 
not sure I would, but then we're not really the target market, are we, to be fair? I think if you just want an car for bimbling around, doing what you need a car to do car things in, then actually I think this is pretty much perfect. I, I think they have nailed this, to be fair, because it's, it's a car. It does what it says on the tin. Is it good value in 2023? Well, given the way money has gone over the last uh, last couple of years yes I think it probably is and it'll do everything you want it to and let's face it it's a Toyota so we'll start on the button first time every time and in 20 years time everything in it will still work this is true so let's let's figure out who this is for first car probably if it's your second car in your household maybe if it's something that you're going to to go for because you're I don't know retired and you don't need a car for family any longer certainly good for parking very good for parking what do you really care about that's the question can you plug your phone into it yes will it charge it up yes will your bum get warm yes has it got a lot of power no does it matter not really so should you buy this car yeah why not makes sense but I don't know uh, I don't know how long it's been since the trip was reset but you've just been driving it like a flute and we're still averaging 56 to the gallon that's because I've been driving in a very economical fashion. There's some beautiful roads around here. If you're in something a bit more, dare I say, exciting. Let's see what else we can find. Hmm, let's see what else is there. Jim's in the driving seat. You found something about the driving position of this car, haven't you? Uh, yeah, it's all right, actually, to be fair. you can. Uh, I can get reasonably comfy, and I think you being... Uh, just over five foot tall you obviously managed to get reasonably comfy me being bang on six foot i can uh, i can get comfy although in uh, in true 90s fashion five eight just over five foot uh, but yes we have a rake adjustable steering wheel but not adjustable for reach which seems a bit odd but there we go what else is odd i only really just thought to mention this this is only a five-speed car can't remember the last time i drove a new car with a five-speed gearbox and it also seems to have that you can be flat out on the throttle and then it just labours up against the uh, the speed limiter, doesn't it? But it has got some good tech on it. It's got radar-guided cruise control, speed limiter, but I think all cars have to have that for uh, NCAP standards these days, don't they? Mm. It does. It also has the world's smallest release for a glove box. I spotted that. <laughs> plastic. It's not pleasant, that bit. Very, very plasticky. Um, otherwise, quite like that. These seats are quite comfy. What I have noticed more, and sometimes, I think most of the time, your passengers will notice the ride more than you do when you're driving. It feels a bit jiggly from the passenger seat. So certainly that bit of road does test the jiggliness. Well, the way you were driving, yes. Mm, I, I was half expecting a fat joke then or something, the jiggly, yes, it happens. When I laugh, it's a shake like a bowl full of jelly. There's only one bearded fat guy coming to my house this Christmas, and that's me, uh, and all the rest of it. Um, otherwise... How do you find it? I don't know. I'm just going to put the side lights on so the uh, the instrument panel doesn't keep dimming itself to the point where you can't see it because that's irritating. It but is really irritating. Apart from that, I quite like this. This good job, Toyota. This does exactly what it needs to do. Does it really well? Yes, the engine's a bit flat, but it steers. It's not massively communicative the steering, but you can feel a little bit of what's going on, and it's yeah, I like it. We're in F56 Mini John Cooper Works. Uh, I say we're in, we sort of squeezed ourselves into... <laughs> uh, you can go back if you want. Oh. We've got room there. 
He's got room right, now. You've adjusted yourself, have you? It's not leg room that's an issue, it's feet room. All right. Ah. If, uh, can you raise the seat up? I can't raise it now. Well, you can raise things to the ground if they catch fire. Uh, Jim is sat in the back of the Mini. That's much better, um, so you can recline the seat if you want. And struggling a bit with extra space. As you may know, and I'm sure I've probably banged on about it enough, I drive a Mini, or I have a Mini amongst the, amongst the fleet, which is manual. This is automatic because they are now all automatic. And it doesn't feel that much bigger in here than mine, but a bit more luxurious. Anyway, off we go. So does yours have this uh, interesting red halo around the large circular display? Uh, no, it doesn't. But uh, Oh, hello, it's changed colour. It does. It changes colour with the climate control, and they've had that ah. for quite a while. Um, the F56 shape has been around for a long time now. I forget when it came out, but certainly in the early 10s. Um, and it's due to be replaced very shortly by the new Mini, which will be made in electric form. To begin in China and then ultimately in the UK thanks to some well a lot of money taxpayer <laughs> money that's been pumped into into Oxford which is I suppose good news for Oxford thank you UK taxpayers indeed but the petrol version is still going to be built in, in the UK so and we, possibly now for another couple of more years than it was going to be a few months ago yeah I guess so because of course uh, since we we last all got together there has been a bit of a change in terms of the combustion engine ban so whereas it was going to be 2035 the idea is to push it five years uh, as a 2035 for, uh, for hybrid 2030 for purely petrol uh, the plan is to push it on for five years although that hasn't actually changed the um, ZEV mandate which means that manufacturers will still have to produce a certain percentage of cars in each given year so whether or not bearing in mind so many have invested so much it really pushes things along I'm not sure I guess we'll uh, I guess we'll find out. But this is pure petrol, isn't it? Pure petrol this one. Old fashioned in that regard. Seems all the more weird to me that they've decided to go particularly in mini for automatic only. Although I have got over the fact that uh, that automatics can't be good fun to drive or indeed perhaps a better power plant in terms of all out power and acceleration because quite often a modern gearbox can change faster than I can. Um, <laughs> Particularly given the last car's uh, crunching episodes. <laughs> I blame not, the car. Not captured on recording, unfortunately. Yes, but it wasn't just me driving that, and I wasn't the only person to do it. So I can only. You were the first person to do it, so therefore you broke it. Well, I wasn't the first person. Well, I assume I, don't assume I wasn't the first person to do it. Prove that somebody did it before. You can't. Well, the important true. thing was that it wasn't me. So uh, yeah, so we're on the on the proper road now, and this one accelerates a little bit more than the iGo. I feel. Yeah, there's definitely a lot more performance. This being a John Cooper Works, of course, it is the most powerful, um, or at least the most powerful this side of a GP, and the most powerful with a petrol engine. If you want to go faster, in fact, then you need to go for uh, a Countryman, which is soon to be completely discontinued that then gives you the all-wheel drive and all of the power because basically it's a one series underneath whereas this is well still a mini interestingly the last one of these i drove was electric so it seems a bit of a backward step to go back into a petrol and although on paper it's quicker the initial shove isn't quite so great possibly because if you're driving in automatic mode, at least it doesn't kick down quite as quick as maybe you'd like. But well, not when you expect it to, anyway. Yeah, it takes a little bit of extra prodding on the on the throttle to do it. Now, when we were talking about the practicality and sensibleness of small cars earlier on, uh, does this qualify as a sensible, practical small car? 
Well, you're... How tall are you, Andrew? Just under Let's six say foot? six foot, yeah. Just, just under six foot. And I'm six what foot. Eight, Have you got enough room there? I've got enough room here. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're sitting in front of each other, yeah. if that's possible. Um, and yeah, there seems to be enough room once you've sorted out where the seats were. But, I'm uh, quite happy in the back here. I've got enough headroom. I've got just about enough legroom, but it's okay. Like I say, the only uh, real pinch point was if you had the seat all the way down. I couldn't get my feet under the seat, but move it up a few centimetres and we're okay. Gates is just over four foot tall, and I, <laughs> I can't. Smaller by the minute. I'll be honest, I couldn't sit behind him. I don't think I would physically fit behind there, but there's enough room for three fully grown adults. Well, I don't know, one's maybe got a bit more grown to go, but <laughs> hit his well, growth spurt any time soon. Yeah, I mean, so we're not struggling, are we? I think for, for what is a mini, it's actually all right in here. I, I was at three foot two, I have plenty of space. But let's face it, minis, you never buy them with your head and you don't buy them for the space. You, if you think you've bought them for the space, all you're doing really is rationalising it to yourself that it's big enough. Because if you want to buy a car to have interior space, you, it's just not there. And with the F56 particularly, they are so much bigger on the outside than mine and not much bigger on the inside really. So you don't gain a whole lot there. What you do get is an excellent driving experience, which is exactly what you get from this. The tyres run flat, boomy, it's almost, it's an irritating amount of noise, there's an intrusion into the cabin with the amount of noise, and it's odd, because in an electric car, these things are really noticeable, in an ice car with an engine, normally the engine overrides that, but the noise that I'm getting is just tyre boom, and that would irritate me. It's louder than I was expecting, to be completely honest. But it's not an unpleasant noise, you're actually hearing the engine. You can hear the engine, and I enjoy that, and certainly when you put your foot down, there's a bit more to it. When it gets a little bit warmer, I think we'll probably have some pops and bangs and things as well, most likely, um, which is always something to enjoy, and of course something that you miss when you are driving something electric. But yes, it, it's, it goes well. It, it, it's smaller than the iGo, I would argue, but that might be just because I'm sitting in a different place. I, th- I think so. There's, there's no doubt that the interior quality is well, several notches above. The whole thing is is nicer made, it's a nicer place to sit. Does it have a hollow steering wheel? It, no. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't have a hollow steering wheel. Everything around you, all the bits you touch, feels of a decent quality. Um, there's no exposed bodywork on display. This has got a pan roof. This is obviously a nice spec car. How, uh, how much is it? Uh, well, that, that's what I, I'm, I'm working up to that because I've seen the numbers and... I hope Mike can't quite see that from there. <laughs> I, I can't see. I'm going to have a guess that this is about 34 grand. Go on. What do you reckon? 38. Well, you're both coming away with change. It's actually quite good. <laughs> yeah, th- this particular one, I believe, is about 32. Less than 32, in fact. So. Okay. Which, going back, you would say is a lot of money. Well, it's twice as much as the iGo, you which it I is, think, yeah. but back in 2003, my Mini with the options on it was £18,200. And now when you're talking about normal family cars being an average of £39,500, bearing in mind this is the most performance variant, excluding the, the GP, that you can get, it doesn't seem quite so bad. Uh, it is a lot of money for a Mini though, isn't it, really? It does seem it, yeah. I mean, if it really is two iGos worth handles well. It does, there's no question that the handling's a lot better than an iGo, you'd kind of hope that, wouldn't you really? We're about three feet lower down as well though, aren't we? 
we are. Still feels quite high up to me, this car. I don't know if it feels the same to you, whether I'm just so used to be sitting sitting low down. I mean, I've, I've raised my seat so Jim's feet can fit in, but uh, it's certainly not... I mean, to be fair, the Igo wasn't exactly a Land Rover, was it? <laughs> it, it, it wasn't, but I uh, don't know. Just, just high enough. ZZ to top on the left, eh? there, There's an absolute dude who has, <laughs> he does have proper ZZ Top beard going on. Um, yeah. There's a group missing a roadie somewhere. Yeah, definitely. I think possibly he went missing in the 70s and he's still stood there. <laughs> right, here we go. So we're just about to hit the national speed limit and immediately we're there. There goes our Igo in the opposite direction. Oh, yes. Okay. So this is where the Mini comes alive, really. It is a B-Road. Let's be honest. This is a perfect car for a B-Road blast. Yes, they look good round town, but going through the twisties, this is where they really come alive. Is it bothering me that it's automatic? Mm, I think it kind of is, actually. Use the paddles. I am using the paddles to change gear, and it's, it's okay. It's not lightning fast. It's not... Audi DSG quick to change down a gear when you want it and it's not necessarily all about the speed it's about driver involvement isn't it that's why you've bought a Mini do I miss it being manual? yes I think is the short answer and that's interesting because I didn't think I particularly would quite so much and admittedly I've only driven this for a few minutes but in the electric car I didn't notice at all partly because there's no gears to change so why would you? In a car that has a gearbox, like this, where it's not about cruising around or getting from A to B, yeah, I'd kind of miss it there. One thing we particularly notice on this bit of road is it's a nice bumpy bit of road. It's just sort of floating quite happily along it, isn't it? There's no question the ride's definitely better than yeah. mine. And obviously I'm going to make comparisons between my own car, which is an R53, 2003 20 year old Mini by comparison to this this doesn't rattle like mine does uh, and there's a lot more kit and a lot more tech there's also a lot more a lot more comfort to the ride definitely, it floats along quite nicely I guess come back in 20 years and see if this one rattles as much <laughs> that, uh, that tyre noise is awful though isn't it there is a lot of boom a lot of boom from the tyres it, it would wind me up because at the moment we're off throttle at 60 miles an hour um, and there's no noise from the engine at all so we might as well be driving the electric one certainly of course there's no supercharger wine because it's turbocharged I'm not sure it's the most exciting noise either really is it? we're probably not hearing it well enough if, uh, no. if, you, wind, if you slow down and wind the window down does the engine noise get better or worse? I don't know we are, let's have a look, we are in sport mode we're in the sportiest of sport modes. So let's see. It's gonna slow right down and we're gonna go. So 20 miles an hour, let it do its thing in auto. There's next to no noise at all from the exhaust. Nothing coming out the back. I wonder if that's as a result of the GPF filter, uh, the gasoline particulate filter just stopping all the fun. Um, there's a bit of engine noise, but I can't say it's particularly exciting. Do you? It doesn't sound it from in here, but then again, who is buying this car? Because I suspect it's not necessarily people who are worried about performance or noise. Definitely is, because if you weren't, you would buy a normal Mini. Because you can oh, buy any... But, but is it though? Is it not just people going into a 
sort of looking at the mini website rather than going to a dealer these days and just specking the highest one? I, I don't think so. I think because you can make any of the minis look just like this, really. This because you can buy all the John Cooper Works kit and you can have stripes and spots and whatever you fancy. Minis are hugely customizable. You'd have it look how you like, and why bother with the extra insurance group and all the extra cost? The people that buy John Cooper Works are the mini fans. These are people that have owned them before, usually been through the various different generations of mini, of, of new mini at least. Um, or people that are looking for a performance drive and I like it it's, it's a great steer it really is and I am a, a mini fan I'm just not sure this gives me enough over, over other cars at this money to make me part with my cash at this point I think in truth if I was going to buy one I'd probably buy the electric one I think that is the way forward really isn't it it is and it's, it's an odd thing to say really isn't it um, as a petrol-haired mini driver involved and all the rest of it, the electric car is really that good. No, it's not as quick. It doesn't feel it because it's the torque is there all the time. This, the, the road holding is excellent. The, the handling is 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 superb. You know, there's no body roll, but the ride's compliant. It's not fidgeting about all over the road. The engine isn't special enough to me to make it the event behind the car because there's always massive holes in the road and not having a manual gearbox removes some of the involvement is, is my thought but I'd be interested to see what you think so you've had all of about 1 minute and 38 seconds behind the wheel now what do you think? oh I'm well used to it by now uh, yeah it, it all feels a little bit snug for me I think I don't know whether you have the seat a lot further down than perhaps I'm used to but yes, the, the armrest is a little bit restrictive, I would argue. It does fold out the way, but it is, it is definitely in the way. I don't have that in mind. It, wasn't, it was an option back then. But I, I do go for seat all the way down and as far back as I can yeah. get it. Because um, I like my legs out as far forward as they go and a sort of upright position. But yeah, you do seem a bit squashed in there, possibly because you're in my three foot two <laughs> driving position, I guess. No, I did, I did move the seat back. I'm not completely daft. But uh, yeah, after a little bit of shuffling around I'm sure I could make it more comfortable but no it, it certainly goes doesn't it this is the problem the, the first thing we've done is drive through a village at 20 miles an hour and uh, only now we've got some chance to go a little bit faster although not much I'll be interested to see what you think of the steering weight for me it's heavy but it feels artificially so unnecessarily so um, it is fearsome for what is a, a modern system everything with electric power steering these days of course doesn't give you a huge amount of feedback by comparison but you get an idea where the wheels are pointing. Yeah, it does feel a bit stiff. Not entirely even as well. It sort of seems to be light, not so light, and a bit like that screen earlier on, it seems to be adjusting itself, perhaps. Yeah, so when it's off-centre, it feels different to as you start to wind, yeah. wind yeah. the lock on a bit. So as you're going into a tighter bend, it's almost like there's a bit more weight to it, which is, is odd. Which is probably what it's wanting to be doing to make you feel that you're in control, but... Yeah, when it's doing it just on corners going along at 40 miles an hour on a country road, it's uh, not as comfortable as perhaps it should be. I think for me it just feels slightly artificial. Um, sitting in the passenger seat though, again you get a bit more appreciation for the ride or lack thereof. I actually think this is okay. Yes, yeah, right. I mean, it, as we say, the, it seems to ride all the bumps on these country roads quite happily. I mean, you're annoyed by the sound it makes, but, you know, 
I suspect, as with most of these things, you could put up with it if you had to. Yeah, I, for me, I mean, my Mini is very compromised. The suspension is incredibly hard. Con, uh, control weights are heavy, so clutch, gearbox, steering, all of it's quite heavy. And it was a, a bit of a criticism of the earlier cars, which is why when they came up with the second generation, they made these a lot lighter. But for me, I enjoy it because it's part of the, the experience. This is definitely much more livable as a, as a car every day. If this was your only car, as my, my Mini has been my daily driver for the best part of five years, I think to live with it's better. Boots a little bit bigger. There's ever so slightly more interior space, although the dash does encroach more into, into knee room. Everything is, is, is nicer, nicer trimmed. Everything is, has a nicer feel to the materials than mine does, but then it's 20 years newer, so what do you expect? Um, now, now we're doing 50, that noise is getting quite loud, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I, I'm not sure this is coming across to you listening now, but it is It is really irritating. I don't know whether this road surface isn't. It's probably part of that, but yes, it is particularly noisy. But the roads here are no different to the roads, presumably, where, where you live now. If you live in the UK and you're listening, they are all pretty much the same pothole in place <laughs> rubbish generally speaking um, if you're listening to us in a country that has beautiful soft and silky roads then maybe not so much of an issue for you but for a hard performance version the suspension is very compliant the seats are very comfortable you could do a, a reasonable length of journey in here without being uncomfortable i think again apart from the noise i mean that's if you're sitting at 70 on a motorway particularly that stretch of the M25 where it sounds like one of your tyres is flat. So. Turn the radio up. Turn the radio up, yeah, that's probably the answer. Could you do a lot of miles in the back, Jim? To be honest, yeah, I think I probably could, actually. Well, I'm not far off and dotting off now. Yeah, can put my head back. Headroom's just about OK. If I stretch out a bit, I can touch the roof with my head if I try hard, but... No, it's very good. Very well packaged. This is all black interior, this car, um, but with a pan roof, so it feels light and airy in here to me. The seats are, are comfortable, supportive, grippy, um, non-adjustable headrest, because that's sort of almost like a tombstone-y style. It's a nice car. I think 32 grand, would you spend that on it? Personally, probably not. I imagine there's other things that are slightly more sensible and practical to do it, but uh, I mean, the, the MG4 or 5 spring to mind, but uh, that's just my personal preference I suspect I'm not a mini fan like some people and as a mini fan if you want a mini and you want a new one yes I think certainly worth trying I would give the electric one a go if you haven't tried it because I was massively impressed and the new one's gonna come with a much better range than the existing we've obviously yet to drive that because no one's driven it yet the new the new electric mini but would you be disappointed probably not if you're coming from an older one like me, then it's going to be a completely different car. It really doesn't feel anything like the R50 and R53 series that I've driven and have owned for, for many years and owned, and owned a couple of them. Um, although a lot of it's instantly recognisable. The pedals all look the same, the steering wheel looks very familiar, the switch is all very familiar as well. Although I did go for the centre console for the windows and of course I've been on the doors now for some time. Why not? If you like it, you like the way it looks and you don't think the styling is at odds with uh, with what you expect for me the proportionately i don't know i've said it before so i won't go into too much and there he is again into too much uh, too much uh, about it this time but bonnet's a bit long the, the the shape proportions aren't quite right to my eye something that's rectified in in my opinion in the new in the new mini design um but i guess we'll see when that lands 
So some final thoughts from me on this one. It's a lovely screw together thing. It drives beautifully. It's very competent. It rides well, but it isn't for me. And the reason for that is the electric car, the electric mini this is, is excellent. It's a really good car to drive. This is a good car to drive and it is exciting in, in its way. But if you're going to have a swan song for the Mini, in terms of the ICE Mini, go all out. Make it raucous, put a manual gearbox in it, make it Larry. Does it matter if the ride is a bit harder, if it's a bit louder in terms of the engine and the exhaust and everything else? I don't think it does, because I think that's what makes a Mini a Mini. It's what makes you want to spend 30-something grand on it. Yeah, definitely. If this was a louder car that had a manual box and it was just a bit more of an event to drive I think I'll be getting really excited about this car right now I do like it I like my minis and I've liked my minis for many years but I think there's just not quite enough to make me want to open an electric one and it's an odd thing for me to say because I love having the the noise and everything else from a mini because it's one of those cars that you want to go out and go for a drive in rather than just drive it to somewhere and from somewhere you want to actually drive it Uh, and there aren't that many cars modern cars out there like that so for me if you're going to do it make it a Larry one it's perfectly pleasant just when you're following a bus along a fairly nice country B road though (laughs) take your word for it We are in the BMW i4 M50. Have I got that right? What does the 50 mean? Five litre? Five litres of electric power. I don't know how much that is. 543 brake horsepower. Is it it really? Mm -hmm. Why don't they call it the M543 then? (laughs) Or the M54 at least? Is that not just a motorway somewhere outside Telford? Yeah, but then we've been on the M3 today and... I've driven on the M6 as well, so that that's a and there's the M1 going. and there's an M2, so yeah, that's that's fairly common BMW naming tradition, isn't it? First impressions, I quite like this. This this goes. This has got some shove. Yeah. Um, what what's the point of this as a vehicle? Well, I think this would quite suit me as an everyday family car, to be honest. Have you got enough room in there in the back gate? I I do. I will say there's not a lot of footroom. Um, Again, I, I think the, the seats are quite low, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, seats are quite low. The, the floor is also really high, and this is a problem with electric cars. So this is an, an all-electric car and a fast one at that. The seat's really low, and the floor's quite high. So I'm sat, and bearing in mind that I am only uh, two foot three, um, <laughs> with my legs... Shrinking by the minute. Yes, lifted off of the seat bolt, so it's not the most comfortable. Oh, yeah. However, the windows at the side the door height's quite low so if you are sat in a car seat or something in the back and let's face it you could definitely use this as a family car you can see out and it's beautifully beautifully trimmed in here we've got single zone climate control in the back it's the doors are all beautifully covered in leather or pleather or whatever it is with mood lighting and and brushed aluminium everywhere although I'm a bit jealous because in the front you've got a sunroof and in the back how old-fashioned is this I'm in the dark there's no pan roof (laughs) I mean, yeah, in the uh, in the back of the mini that we just got out of, the uh, the roof was uh, was full length, and I could open or close the rear blind as I wanted. So I think that helped uh, helped the back of the mini feel a bit more spacious than it possibly was. Uh, I don't know. It looks you don't look like you've got too much more room there in the back than I, I had. To certainly, be fair. No, there's certainly no headroom either. There's there's not. I'm, I've got a hand's width between my head, and mm. in in real life, I'm five foot eight between me and the ceiling. So if you're six foot. 
I think your hair would be brushing or maybe not brushing the uh, the ceiling. And, if, and your knees touching your chin. Yeah. What if you haven't got any hair like me? <laughs> then you'd just be getting... You'd have to a, borrow someone else's. <laughs> you'd be getting a weird tickling sensation on the top of your head. Fair enough. I, I do love... I know this is a, a BMW <laughs> M thing, but the seat belts with the, the red and blue M stitching in, I think is lovely. They are lovely. It's only one of Martini though, I don't know why. Yes. <laughs> Handles corners. Yeah, I mean, it, it's obviously a is a coupe the correct word? Is that, that's. Uh, I mean, you've not got a huge amount of headroom because of the roof just sort of going back down behind you there. I think if you are used to being in something like an A5, an Audi A5, and I guess that's a comparison in terms of the size and sort of quality of the car, um, then probably it wouldn't be too unfamiliar. But the performance. This feels, this feels like a, a true sports car that you can take the family along with you. And certainly, although there's there's three seats in the back, but certainly you could you could have two adults in the back in some comfort, two kids with easily, easily in the back. And it is quick this thing, isn't it? Oh my God, is it quick? Oh, yeah. And it corners reasonably well. Yes, I'm reminded why I've never been on a track day with either of you. Wait till it really gets going. <laughs> well, as point and shoot and sort of, um, yes, stomach churning cornering goes, that's bearable. I highly approve of this car. This, uh, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is wonderful. It's a very good way of covering ground quite quickly. Very sure-footed. It, uh, it does manage to hide its weight quite well. I think I don't know what it weighs, but given the fact it's an EV, it's got to be, what, 1.8, 1.9, something like that. Very minimal roll handled onto that uh, very well. I like. Gets the pulse rate up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not my pulse I'm worried about <laughs> so much as my stomach. But anyway, it's, yes, it's a nice enough place to be, and I would imagine that when it's not being thrown around corners, it's very comfortable. I should think it would sit happily on a motorway doing... 69 miles an hour quite comfortably uh, well, we can now put it in comfort and then we get a, uh, a lovely picture of I don't know a desert, desert with a river it? and a bridge in the middle of it or something yeah. like that I don't know and it's made the steering that little bit lighter I mean we were commenting in the mini about the size of the screen this is not an issue that you have in this one uh, no that's 20 something inches oh, and then some 30 big, something yeah. inches I don't know that's about as big as the telly I've got in my bedroom it's ridiculous <laughs> it, that thing it looks like someone's taken a 40 inch flat screen and hacked the bottom off of it <laughs> and attached to the dash that's not to say that it looks unfinished um, it is excellent it's got two very good sized screens one for the driver ahead one for infotainment in the middle uh, and still with an iDrive system thank god um, so you can still, uh, presumably, work your way through it using the, the trackpad or the, uh, the iPad controller in the centre as opposed to having to touch the screen, which is excellent. Um, in fact, you can. Here we go. We can, we can, we're playing with it as we speak. Um, but it does mean that when your innards are being rearranged um, by the driver, presumably whilst you're moving, then you're not being uh, forced to try and touch a screen which is effectively moving around beneath your finger and this is the biggest problem with touch screens uh, yeah, that is a yeah. pain in the backside to just anything but. very configurable like like a lot of bmw 
things you could probably spend a day and a half just fiddling with all the different settings and seeing what you like yeah i think it's like anything isn't it? you spend the first half a day or you know you get a new phone you spend half a day or a day setting up and then 99 percent of the settings you never ever bother touching again exactly. do you but no i do uh, as you say for an era of touch screens and evs in particular that do have slightly jiggly rides on them to have a a physical way of scrolling through and selecting menus and settings it is just better it is just safer it does work very very well it has to be said <laughs> here we go i like this i car. will say the ride in this we said about evs being jiggly this, this isn't really jiggly. isn't is no, it this, this really isn't the ride in this car is very compliant it's not discernible actually from something like a three or a five series is it really it, it feels like a I know we say normal car because electric cars are normal cars but it doesn't feel any different really to an ice car and with a lot of of battery powered vehicles particularly ones that are higher up you tend to find you do get the jiggliness and also cars get unsettled by bumps and they take a long time to rebound and then finally settle don't they and this is uh, we put the steering back into comfort because I always felt better in comfort I think the, the sport just artificially weights it up as you said in the mini uh, but the dampers are in sport and it's it's composed it's like you say it's not bouncy it's not jiggly I, I think I want to say this the ride in this is better than my old 330e I reckon it certainly doesn't to me it's it certainly no worse no it doesn't feel any different um, and I would say that BMW really had that down because your the stance of the car was right, the arch gap was right, the wheels were the right size for the car. It certainly wasn't under wheel. Yours was a shadow edition, so it had the the bigger wheels. Were they twenties? I'm not sure. Twenty ones. Nineteen. Nineteen. Really? Oddly, they they felt they looked much bigger. Maybe that's just a a sign of how big cars have got. Um, but this is this is damped very well indeed. As getaway cars, it'd do the job, wouldn't it? Assuming that you had the range, and I assume that you would, yeah. Okay, so my turn behind the wheel now, and in the most complimentary way, I mean this, this doesn't feel too dissimilar from driving a 5 Series. It is smooth, it's comfortable. There is an ever so slight bit of jiggle that you notice, I think, more whilst driving just presumably because of the weight that's low down and there are a couple of extra bits which are more of a bugbear than would stop me from buying this thing the rear visibility is rubbish out the back i have to say and i'm not entirely sold on the aluminium pattern trim but it is at least proper metal as far as i can tell we were pleasantly surprised by the size of the boot a minute ago though yeah and it's it's a hatchback genuinely if you want a fast gt car this is a great fast GT car, particularly if, if it's a company want, car. If you want to scramble your eggs on the way home from the supermarket, that boot is ideal. It is. It's 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 a practically wide boot as well. It's not the deepest. Deep is in sort of height, yeah. but it does go back a long way. You could you could get a load of stuff in the back, and this could very easily be your your only car. And of course, when you put your foot down, the acceleration is instant. What is also hugely unpleasant for your passengers is when you lift off the throttle because the amount of shove that this thing has it's very very noticeable when you suddenly lift off and it gives you a sort of a, a rocky seesaw motion but that's no fault of the car really so much as it's just very powerful and if you did this with anything with this much power it would be the same driving it in any normal sort of way 
this is a comfortable, quick cruiser. Um, the handles exceptionally well. I agree with Jim about the, the steering. It isn't perhaps the most fearsome, but BMWs generally are great and this is no exception. What is interesting is the size of the center console for me. So my left leg is rested against it and I get the feeling that probably doesn't need to be as big as it is. Um, That's a, a legacy issue. Well, you say that, but I, I just don't know whether it's a, a conscious or unconscious design choice. It feels, if you've just come out of a, a, a nice car and you jumped into this, it would feel just like a very powerful, very torquey ice car. Um, like any other automatic BMW because of course most of them are automatic and it suits this car beautifully it is an excellent bit of kit and I thoroughly recommend this so this one is what 73-ish grand as it sits is that right or is that the price with the options just have a uh, have a look at the uh, yeah the spec and the uh, and the battery size as well because what how are we doing on battery we're 43% and what's the range on the bottom right 110 110 so uh 110 220 so to, even though we've been driving this like flutes it's still yeah, you talk, yeah, a, de a decent like range to be fair um that's pretty good it does disguise its weight and its size really well this thing so we're threading through a small village and despite the fact that somebody has decided to stand in the road whilst we've got oncoming traffic it, it really is a great driving position you sit relatively high up despite the fact the car's low down you're well aware of the size of the thing it's quite easy to position it on the road it's just a, a great thing to drive anyway what have you found out jim uh, there's a qr code so i'm going to scan the, i'm going to scan the qr code and uh, and see what it says and the ride is obviously compliant enough because i'm able to scan a qr code and open it up and it can see it without jiggling around too much if the future is uh, slightly delayed in being all electric and, and it's another five years before you have to go out and buy one of these, um, then I suppose it just gives you a bit more time to save up, really. But I don't know, for, for my money, 74 grand, yes, that is a chunk of change and a half. Um, but is it worth it? Yes, I think this probably is, because it's hilariously good fun. It, this is a performance vehicle, it's a family car, it's a comfortable GT. It does all those things really well and I would recommend it as well if you compare it to an equivalently priced vehicle say Mustang Mach-E GT I would buy this I think this is a nicer made thing I think the 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 ride is better it's handles better by nature the fact I suppose is not having to fight physics um, it's not as big admittedly and you certainly wouldn't want to fit three people across the back and in fact if you regularly take adult passengers probably this isn't the car for you for kids in the back fine occasional adults fine I wouldn't say it's the most comfortable to be a passenger in the back, just in terms of the seating position. The seats themselves are fine, but just where you end up with your legs. But I would, I would quite happily spend some money on this. And bearing in mind the way that tax works, if you can have one as a company car, what's this going to be? So probably about £40 a month, Bic, I suppose, something similar? Yeah, pr probably about £40. So I'm still... Uh, still wading through the specs to see if I can find out how big the battery is but the um, the, the main hole is I suppose it doesn't really matter how big the battery is does it? It's 0-60 in 3.9 seconds with 318 miles of range WLTP so it's probably a 90 kilowatt 
hour battery pack, isn't it? Something well, like probably, that. Probably, I would say about that usable. Yeah. So real world, and uh, people hate it when you say real world, but let's face it, with things like colder weather and rain and everything else, that's going to be what two fifty-ish, which I think is pretty decent. I don't think you ever drive more than two hundred miles straight without stopping in most cases. No. Well, I don't anyway. I, I don't think my bladder has more than a 200-mile range. <laughs> the other thing we haven't mentioned is the noise of this thing. And you Hopefully, it would have come across on the mic. And for Andrew's stomach, I won't be booting <laughs> it again. I think we might have heard uh, earlier. We don't need it again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it does sound great. And we were trying to figure out what it sounds like. I reckoned it sounded a bit like uh, a V6 sort of single-seat racer, just as it starts to pick up pace. It, it's That's a, very it, specific. <laughs> it, it is. But if you if you know what I mean, you'll know exactly what I mean. And it's an addictive noise. And it's I've not driven an electric car where I put my foot down because I like the noise it makes inside. Normally, I just switch it off. I know a lot of people leave it on because silence can be a bit disconcerting. But genuinely, I, I would do it for my own amusement, uh, childish as it is. So I think that says something. 18 kilowatt hour is the battery. So that's, that's a pretty good range for a battery of that size with... What? This kind of performance, well, I think that's spot on. Very efficient. That's going to be quite efficient if it can do 300 and something miles on, on 80 kilowatt hour kilo battery. Good. Very mm. good. This is a great thing. It's after lunch. We are in the Alfa Romeo Tonali and we are completely avoiding calling it the toenail. I would just point out we've had two lunches because they were all very nice and we had pudding as well. That was a really nice lunch that. I did enjoy that. It was was really good. That's what everyone wanted to hear, I'm sure. Uh, we can review our lunch instead. <laughs> UK Lunch Talk podcast. Um, Tonali, what do you think? Uh, I like many, 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 many things about it. This thing, I don't know, should we start with the bad points? We'll get those out of the way. I don't know. Infotainment, touchscreen in the middle bit weird looks a bit old-fashioned maybe a bit cluttered i don't know yeah a bit cluttered a bit a bit i don't know amazon kindle fire as opposed to ipad <laughs> pro air 2 max pods whatever they call it these days uh, there are a lot of physical buttons though which is good so you've got your climate control oh. buttons that's an indicator noise good good indicator noise um heating control etc all real uh, there's a twisty dial that says DNA which does bits and pieces of the suspension and, and the mapping uh, and the overall feel of the materials in the cabin quite nice actually yeah I like the uh, all the bits and pieces that you touch so the, the paddles are particularly nice and really solid feeling I do uh, I do like those steering wheel is uh, is nice not too chunky leather feels good I like the uh, push button start in the steering wheel that's a nice touch gear levers okay all the bits up top are nice and soft and padded so yeah all uh, all good up top i think and it's a pretty car this isn't it it's a good looking thing not huge though it's i think on the outside i expected it to be bigger than it is there's not a huge amount of cabin space really high center console the door pocket pokes out a bit so there's not a massive amount of space i'm not i wouldn't say i'm a massively wide person but i find that the seat base is not necessarily hugging narrow I think is probably where I would go with it it's not very deep and it's also quite narrow I, I find that not the most comfortable maybe I just need to have a bit of a play with the seats I think so but as you pointed out the headrests are I think the best headrests I've ever rested my head on they are glorious they're really cushioned 
So if you wanted to sleep in this car, yes, good for sleeping. For something I have noticed, the cups, two cup holders in the front, one behind the other. The driver's always goes at the front, doesn't it? Yes. But the back one, if the armrest is down or forward, then you can't, well, you can't get your drink. It's, it's covered. No good. Protects yeah, too, actually. Yeah, we I mean, get a bit comfy. I'll say, yeah, is it, is it massively roomy? How, how are you doing for room in the back? Uh, not too bad. I mean, if I'm sitting behind you, this is the taller driver, and uh, I'd say there's a sufficient room, enough to cling on while we go around some corners. This is the the lunch revival. This part here, uh, <laughs> we get to enjoy it a second time round. I suspect. Not. Third time. Uh, third time round. Those flappy paddles, the levers, are excellent looking. I can't help but think that the likes of, well, certainly Audi, could learn a thing or two from that. They are massive. I can't help but think as well that, do they get in the way of the indicators and wipers and things? Uh, no, not at all, really. They're just, everything seems just about right. I don't know, if you have particularly small fingers, then you might struggle. But actually, no, the indicators are just about, I don't know, it could do to be maybe a centimetre longer. Um, but no, all okay, I think. All fine. There's a massive charging pad for your phone as well in the centre console. My uh, my 12 mini iPhones appears to be uh, that is, is just dwarfed in there. I think if you had something like a Pro or Max or Pro Plus or whatever it's called, it would fit quite well in there. Yeah, same for Samsung. Try, try mine in a minute, can we? Because my, uh, my new phone has arrived, although your new phone is waiting for you at work, isn't it? It is really nicely made in here. I don't think it's quite as special as perhaps I feel Alphas would like you to think they are in the range, but I guess it's... I mean, we've had this conversation on previous occasions when we've been out and about, that they're within the same stable as your Vauxhalls and your Citroëns and things, so it should be significantly better than them, shouldn't it? It looks significantly better in here, I would say. I, I do... You obviously think about what's underneath everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and whether the car can be better than the sum of its parts. But if you want a nice looking SUV which feels nice inside and everything that you touch feels nice, all the materials feel quite pleasant. Um, there are a few plasticky bits, but they're all quite low down, so you don't really don't really notice it so much. Bottoms of the doors, for example, you might be able to hear me scratching away at. But by and large, it's, it seems to be quite nicely screwed together. It's good, we've still got yeah physical buttons in there. I quite like the, uh, they're a bit like, I don't know, they're kind of going for a, a similar feel but different execution to the Mini, just with the trying to be a toggle switch type of thing. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I quite like those. I was saying they're physical, you can touch them, they're easy to find, easy to press. Very good. Yeah, and there's an Italian flag in the middle there as well, so they're trying to tell us something. That is an indicator clock, isn't it? Pheasant! <laughs> <laughs> That's a big old pheasant. Uh, to drive, it's don't know. It's, it's okay. It's not setting the world alight for me. Is um, it because it's not as fast on the acceleration as the BMW? No, I think it's... Something to be thankful for? Just, <laughs> it's... No, it, it chugs along okay. It's just, yeah, maybe maybe you should have saved the BMW till last yeah. just because of the hilariousness of the power and whatever else. Bit of an anti-climax, else. everything else. Um, but actually, if you, I think if you compare this to... SUVs of this size, shape, and consistency. I don't know. This this makes me feel a bit nicer about the world. <laughs> I would say I don't, I don't think it's anything 
the car is particularly doing, you know, the steering is without trying to bring your lunch up too much, light, there's a little bit of feedback, but not, not masses of it. All the controls are nice, it's, it's all okay, there's nothing, nothing extraordinary about it, but yet it does make me feel slightly better than ordinary. Maybe that's just an alpha thing. Maybe it's just a colour. I don't know. Yeah. It is a gorgeous colour. It is. Green. Size-wise, does this compare with something... Big yes. Well, the, 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 <laughs> yes, it does. The, the, the cougar or something? It's probably, yeah, it's probably Smaller. I would, I would say it's somewhere somewhere between a Puma and a Cougar in the Ford range, but if you've had the, I think the previous shape Cougar, uh, maybe slightly smaller than a, a Tekka, so that sort of size, Skoda Karok. Um, it does feel special inside, it looks nice, it feels nice. It's relatively comfortable to sit, although I have to say I don't find this seat particularly comfortable. I think it's nice to look You're at. You're sitting on top of it, aren't you, rather than in it? I think. Yeah, it, I, I don't feel like I'm far enough back in it. It feels like they've made the seat too small. Like it's seven eighths of the size it should be. Well, you are a giant of a man. I am. I'm for, standing at over seven foot four. <laughs> for context, I, I am six foot ten. Uh, and so yeah, it's it, a bloke you were stood next to earlier from BMW. I mean, he was what nine foot seven. He must have been easily nine foot seven. Yeah. Okay, right. My turn in the driver's seat now. And first, you seem very angry about something. Or <laughs> so. I can't care if you're angry or disappointed. Are you okay? <laughs> I, I'm both. I'm angry and disappointed because this. Seat, What's wrong? Well, this car has heated and cooled seats. The driver's seat, by the way, is more comfortable than the passenger seat, which is probably a good thing. I suppose it had a bit more of a chance to wear in. But you can have your bum cool as a warms on, but to put the heat steering wheel on for the driver's side, you have to go into the passenger side heating controls, which is just silly, frankly. And that that is tough because I can put. Well, the passenger side heated steering wheel controls for the driver. It doesn't make any sense at all, you're right. It does make any sense. And the electric window and mirror buttons appear to have come from a Punto from about 1999. One for Dave to spot. I don't really understand why they've done that. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Here we go. It does have a solid click for the indicator. It doesn't, it doesn't feel quite so nice to touch from the driver's seat as it does from the passenger seat. I can't quite explain it, but things like the gear selector and... Well, I say it's gear selector, you know what I mean. Lever. 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 It just doesn't feel quite so nice. And the quality of the leather or pleather on the steering wheel doesn't feel quite so nice either. I think the steering wheel is quite nice to hold, though. The shape's nice. The paddles are nice. But it just... I don't know. It doesn't feel quite Alfa Romeo to me. It doesn't ooze quality, does it? It, it? it doesn't. I really like the design of it. I think if you were buying it from the plan, you'd go, yes, that is gorgeous. And it is fantastic looking. And you're right. The colour, whatever it is, green, is fantastic. really is. It's a good looking car, this. And I suppose if you want an SUV and you're not altogether too interested in the overall drive of it... Don't buy an Alfa. <laughs> save, save your money. There may be. The air conditioning is good. That's cold. Yeah. I have one really cold arm. And one not so cold arm. I can't quite figure out why that is. Let's try poking that up there. So this thing is a Fev. Plug-in hybrid. And we've decided it idles really high as well, which is odd. Well, I think it's just trying to uh, charge the battery back up again. It's done a lot of driving, but not a lot of uh, being plugged in today, I would suspect. Mm, and unquestionably it would have been driven hard. 
things that we like then. I think the overall design of this is, is lovely. It's a great looking car. Space inside, well, it's, it's okay. Again, the center stack probably doesn't need to be as big as it is. And again, it's intruding into the space where my knee goes. Um, there's also a very awkward part of it that juts out over the clutch rest, which is particularly irritating because obviously you don't need to do anything with your left leg when you drive an automatic and being a FEV, this one is uh, an automatic. Otherwise, yeah, it seems to go okay. It doesn't. It's not particularly entertaining to drive. It's not super fast. It's it's okay. I do really like the paddles, the flappy metal paddles. I will add to that though that the air conditioning or heating massively affects the temperature of them. So if you feel how cold that is now, it is really cold. Oh my word! It is. Really that is cold. The operators have got a heat sink. That's it. Yeah, I've ended up getting frosted a bit. Really useful screen up then. We have. What have we got on on the screen now? So we've got turbo. Turbo bar and uh, newton meters of torque. You're currently well. You were using nine, so not a lot. Hmm. What can we say about this thing then? Really, it's pretty to look at. It's okay to sit in. It seems to be relatively well built, but there's some cheap bits to it. It's not particularly exciting to drive. Is that fair? I think that's probably fair, but God, it is pretty though, isn't it? <laughs> it is pretty. Would you buy one though? No. No, neither would I. There are other cars which are better to look at. Mm, maybe not. Uh, SUVs that are better to look at. No, maybe not SUVs that are better to look at, but there are definitely, definitely a lot of cars that are better to drive, and there are definitely cars that are more comfortable. Does the Stelvio look better dimensionally, do you reckon? Is this one just a bit too small and funny for an SUV? I'm not sure that that it is. I don't really have much issue in the way that this thing looks. Although, I do think that the Julia is a much prettier car. Um, because it's a car? Perhaps because it's a car and it's just yeah. more attractive because of what it is. Um, I just Dynamically, this just doesn't feel fantastic to me. It's it's okay. It is, And that's a problem. I, I, in order for it to feel special, I want it to be more than it feels okay and the looks although it is pretty aren't enough that I would buy this car for looks alone and that's a problem it's not as good to drive as say a Puma which I know is sort of the the leader of this sort of class of car uh, in terms of the, the handling it leans a bit it's not the most comfortable over bumps it's a bit wallowy isn't it yeah so I say it's, it's I think it's nicer to just sit in the driver's seat and touch things and twang the paddles than it is to actually drive it. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Just sitting it on your drive making brum-brum noises and wash it every now and again. I'm just <laughs> amused that from back here that uh, heated steering wheel symbol looks like the uh, smiley emoji with its head on fire. Yeah, something's happened to its forehead, hasn't it? There's blood spurting out of it. But the, uh, I tell you what, my bum is getting very chilly. These vented seats are good, aren't they? Well... Yeah, mine is getting cold, as is the bottom of my back, but I've got the heated steering wheel on, so my hands are hot, my arse is cold. I don't think we've got anything particularly, anything particularly no, good. No, it's not interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just a, it's such an okay car. That pleather is a bit peculiar feeling, isn't it? But the headrests are lovely, though. <laughs> the other thing about this car, is it me? Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. 
I think the biggest issue I've got is it's definitely supposed to be just a left-hand drive car and not a right-hand drive car. So they've shifted everything over to the right-hand side, but the pedals are offset to the right. So my leg is sticking out to the right further than the seat wants to go to the right. And because I'm sat at such a weird angle, my left leg is buried in the centre console, whilst the steering wheel is pretty much straight in front of me. That is a good point, actually. And if this car was a left-hand drive, the heated steering wheel control would be a lot closer to me. Plus, the rev counter goes the wrong way. <laughs> I kind of like that, the fact that they both lift up opposite each other. The armrest is in the way for me, and I've, I, sit, I haven't changed the seating position from where you had it sat, so bearing in mind that you're seven foot eight and I'm only four foot three, this seems to be a relative... But normal. weirdly enough, we have identical length legs and arms, etc., which well, this, is very bizarre. This seems to be an entirely normal driving position, and there's just so much in the way. Whether it's my leg or the armrest in the way of my arm, which is also in the way of the cup holders. I think probably they thought the car was bigger on the inside than they designed it, <laughs> and then put seven-eighth scale seats in. I just don't, I just don't quite get it. So it's a swing and a miss for me, I'm afraid. Right, so we are in the relatively humdrum, boring, normal run-of-the-mill MG. Put your foot down. Ugh. That gives me that funny feeling in my bits. Like, that's good. That's a good amount of speed. This is a surprise. This is hilariously quick. What is this? So this is the MG4X power. This is a car I've been wanting to test for a very long time. It should be like a 4X power, because it just simply able... Power. Well, and, and that would almost make sense because it's four-wheel drive. There's a motor at the front and at the back, and it's a 0 to 60 times sub four seconds. So it's RS3 fast, which is insane for a family SUV. So chuck the kids in the back, chuck all the stuff and bits and pieces in the reasonably sized boot, and hold on to the squeeful steering wheel, and off you go at three point odd seconds. Well, why do you think it's an SUV? Well, it's it's sort of crossover sized and shaped this thing isn't it it's it's more mpv almost in some ways it doesn't really look like anything else it's not trying to be a demi 4x4 it's just what it is it's unapologetic about what it is and it's also no different from the other ones that we tested inside the only real difference in fact on the outside is some extra stickers and well a rear wiper which is a welcome addition to be completely honest and that's come from driver feedback so a car maker actually listens to the people that drive it who'd have thought it yeah i mean the the chap was at pains to point out the rear wiper wasn't he, he was extolling the virtues of the rear wiper plate but he also said put your foot down have fun and he's right on both counts really isn't he well he came out and said are you going out for a hoon and andrew said i really hope that we are so yeah there we are we're going to go out and we're going to enjoy the vehicle sensibly and within the speed limits of course but nevertheless you can get to the speed limit very quickly you can indeed it is a quick bit of kit this thing the question is though does it handle there's a little bit of body roll but my goodness does it shoot between corners and it feels light this thing as well much in the way that the bmw did but perhaps even more so it's a bit smaller uh road holding is well pretty good there's a bit more movement i would say in the body than the bmw <laughs> for sure you can feel when it starts to to go into a corner it's not understeery as such and i think probably if you wanted to provoke it and of course we won't do that because we're on public roads for this test I think you could probably get it to kick out and put your foot in. I think you'd get a little bit more of a four-wheel drift. 
but it's capable and there's confidence inspiring and it rides pretty well as well I'd say it's, yeah, I would say I feel slightly more aware of the weight of the car just from the passenger seat, would would be my impression. I would say the suspension in the BMW, which is a 2.2-tonne car, is very clever. Very clever. How that car weighs 2.2 tonnes and drives like that, I don't... I, I spent my lunch break researching i4, M50, benefiting kind, and then i4, M50, lead time and then used i4M50 near me and uh, and had quite a good uh, a good shortlist to come up with but I was amazed by the weight of it. it it felt nothing like that I don't know what this weighs we'll uh, we'll look it up and report back but this feels heavier to me well it might be but where it isn't heavier is in the wallet because this thing is literally half the price of the i4 that we tested so this that was 72 73 grand this is 36000 pounds the this sort of performance for that sort of money is cracking. This is, and please do correct me if I'm wrong, the cheapest car that you can buy with this level of performance at the moment, in the UK at least. It's 36. 36,000 pounds. So yeah. if you go slightly nuts with a Fiesta ST, this is only six grand more. Yeah, so a Puma ST's 32 with the bits on that you want. I can't help but, I mean, I know this inside and outside is pretty pretty ordinary compared to the standard one. It looks pretty much the same. And if you want a Q car, buy this in a sober colour. This is in bright blue. But buy in a sober colour, nobody would know the performance this thing's got. It has, weirdly, plastic covers over the brake calibers. I'm not sure I like that. But I guess you could probably just unbolt those and have normal-looking brake calibers. I think the brake calipers underneath are tiny, though. Maybe. I mean, the bigger brakes on this than there is on a normal one. And it needs it, because obviously the power is, is huge. And our one criticism, really, of the MG4 when we drove it at Millbrook was that under heavy braking, and when you were using the vehicle in a mm, spirited manner, the brakes... When I was rearranging your innards, you mean? That's right. The brakes would probably have done with a bit more. However, here is everything that you need. And this thing, it is quick, isn't it? Do I care that the interior is the same as the standard one and the exterior? No. Well, I don't know. Let's sort of run through the interior. I mean, it's there's very pleather with the emphasis on the P on the top of the dashboard. But it's, it's OK. It's reasonably soft. The bit's up top. A little bit scratchy. But we've got some some leather, pleather, some suede on the uh, on the door cards. The bits you touch uh, are okay, actually, aren't they? The uh, the gear selector is a bit plasticky. It's, it is just a bit plasticky. But Steering wheel feel. Think about this in context. A Focus ST is the best part of forty thousand pounds now. Plus, yeah, two hundred and seventy brake horsepower, whatever it is. This thing, RS3 performance, less money. If you yeah. think about it in that sort of context, this isn't going to compete in terms of interior quality with an Audi, it's not an e-tron, it's not the same as the BMW we drove earlier. But as we say, I say it again, it's half the money. But yeah, I mean, the uh, the screens and the display and whatever else, the, I would just like for my OCD, if the screen in front of you and the screen in the middle were at least the same shape. Or as the same in, like, height. both had the same rounded corners, the same, you know, one can be 
sort of slightly square. They're both different aspect ratios and different shapes entirely. The one in the middle is very rounded. The one in front of you is quite square. They're definitely made by different manufacturers, aren't they? But it's relatively clear. You've got a few buttons for uh, volume and... Climate. Heated, well, demisting, climate on or off, and that's that's about it. So not not too many physical buttons you'd use all the time. But you can get to the demisting quite quick, so that's okay. Hazard lights, volume up and down. Not too many buttons. There's a few on the steering wheel, and there's a couple of stars and a couple of toggle switches and things. But yeah, so the star button is much like you're having an Audi or in other cars. Let's be honest. Uh, it's customizable, so you can press that and you can use it to change drive mode if you want to off the steering wheel. That seems like a good idea to me. So if you don't want it in one pedal or you want it in something else for a moment, you can do. Speaking of the uh, the wheel, what does that feel like to hold? Weird. I'm not sure on this weird shape. It's sort of not square. Has squirkle. It is. It's a, it is a squirkle. It's got a flat bottom, which is fine, with a centre marker, which is fine. But there's also a... Well, there's no centre marker at the top, which is weird, but it's flat at the top and at the bottom, and I just don't understand why that is. Flat bottom wheels make the world go round. <laughs> but flat topped? Why not? Hmm. Otherwise, in here, it's fine. I'm more comfortable in this than I was in the Alfa Romeo we drove earlier. I think I like it just because it's I, I think a bit like the Igo, really. It just does what it says on the tin. It doesn't pretend to be anything or uh, aspire to anything that it's not or present itself as something that it's really not. It's it's a car. They make it at a really, really, really sensible price so that as the world is shifting... Well, we're five years further away from an electric future than we were a few weeks ago, but that's by the by. Uh, UK politics after dark. But the, uh, you know... If this is the electric future, then, well, again, it's it's kind of okay, really, isn't it? Because if you can buy a car like this for 36 grand, which, let's face it, is less than the average price of a new car in the UK at the moment. This car is cheaper than the average, and this car is brand new, fresh out, cutting edge, fully electric. The latest, I thought electric cars were supposed to be more expensive, whereas this is cheaper than average. And we're not trying to say that £36,000 is cheap because it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money to Oh, it's a, yeah, it's a chunk of cash. It's probably a lot of money to you too, I should imagine. But in relative terms, this is a good buy for the money. It, it really is. It's unapologetic about what it is, about it in, in terms of its, its form factor. And I think it's actually quite a good-looking car, maybe slightly more awkward from the side than it is from the front or back. But I like the look of it. And in terms of everything inside, I think it punches above its weight. And I've just spotted something. Now, the cluster in front of me has a lot of information on there. So it's got from last charge, the last time it was charged was four hours, whatever it was ago, how many miles we've done, our average speed, our average trip, you know, the, the kilowatt hours. But at the bottom, there is a percentage power gauge. So it's telling me at any given point how much I'm giving it. So if I'm giving it the full sausage, egg and beans, that'll go up to 100%. And if I'm just coasting along, it goes down. So I'm just going to lift off now. It's, it's a really... Why they make it so small, I don't quite understand. But when I lift right off... And it regen... You're regenerating. Yes, it comes back showing you minus 16. When I put my foot down, suddenly... You, did, you didn't get to 100 there. I know. Unfortunately, there are... Um, 
physics uh, and, and road traffic laws that are, that are currently applying to the situation, which is stopping me. Right, here we go. Jim is at the wheel. And immediately we've pulled off with some vigour. We have used 100% of the power and we're into a 30 mile limit. Dong! Dong! Oh, well, that picks up and coughs, doesn't it? It does. Why is it bonging at me now? The middle passenger, who we are not carrying... Is it because I'm leaning in the middle? ...doesn't have their seatbelt done up. Yes, yeah, because I'm leaning on it. The fourth person sat in this car doesn't have a seatbelt on. <laughs> I'm quite liking this. As you say, the steering's heavy and it's artificially heavy, isn't it? Because it's... I don't feel that it's actually connected to the front wheels by anything mechanical. I don't think. It feels very... PlayStation to me, the steering. It does. There is a lot of weight to it, but as you say, there's, it's not overly feelsome, is it? No. I think I'd, I'd prefer. I don't like steering to be too light, and I don't like it to be redonkulously heavy. So it's it's a, it's a fine line. It's I'd, I'd go with if it's going to be this this assisted and artificial, just go ever so slightly lighter. But it's it's okay, I suppose. Interior space-wise, there's not so much in this thing that gets in my way. So the seats are comfortable. There's space either side of my legs and there's space for my feet. Because it's an EV, do you need to worry about having the centre console bits? No, so it hasn't got it. Makes sense. You have a little pier that comes out with a charger for your phone and a place for the cables to go for it and some space underneath to put things like keys. What's it like in the back, Andrew? Yeah, the back, but again, none of these have a huge amount of room. Uh, my knees are touching the driver's seat in this one. It is comfortable, but yes, you, you've got, what, velour in your door trims there? I, I, I don't in the back. I have much more plastic and uh, various different patterns and things, which uh, all seems a bit weird, but no, it's perfectly comfortable, I'd say. I always think it's a bit sad when the passengers get forgotten and the quality of the car deteriorates towards the back. And I think that's definitely one of the markers of a, a lower end car or more budget vehicle. Because as you get further back, you lose things like quality door cards or you lose things like the extra lighting in the door bins or in the side pockets you know, on, the, on the side of the vehicle by the handles, all that kind of stuff. What we're saying then guys, I personally, if I was looking for a family EV and I didn't want to spend the world, you need a huge amount of space. Well, and yeah, if you didn't need a massive, massive boot, because the boot of this thing is okay rather than exceptional, small family, I think I'd buy this. I think I'd just go ahead and buy it. What do you think? Would you buy one with your money? Uh, yes, yes, I would. Oh, Jim is making noises. Feel the headrest. <laughs> also quite soft. Ooh. Oh, nice. This is a new trending cars. Soft headrests. For all these years, designed to be just as uncomfortable as possible yeah. but good in a crash now they can be both well you know let's not crash and find out it gets that point of the day where we have done a lot of driving yeah you've you've hit that point in the day where you're quite tired and you're starting to say weird things <laughs> yes indeed uh, most of these we commit to audio but it's it's been good i think hasn't it we've got to, to, to drive a breadth of vehicles some of them in a, in a spirited manner which is uh, enough reason for andrew to, to look suitably green 
not quite as green as the our bath, which we didn't get to have a go in. No, that was a, that was very busy, wasn't it? I think there was a, a suitable amount of um, humdrum and interest around that car. So yeah, m- missing out on that one was a bit irritating. But we've driven some wonderful stuff today, haven't we? And some not wonderful stuff today. And if you've just listened to the podcast, presumably you have, you'll know exactly what that <laughs> which is. is. Which? <laughs> yes. But in summary, uh, Jim's decided he needs a new car, which is the i4 M50. I've decided I really don't need a new car, which is the Alfa Romeo Tonali. And what have you decided? Uh, I don't know, really. I think I'm best sticking with what I've got. <laughs> but you didn't get to drive well, a new Astra. I didn't get to drive a new Astra, no. Sad. Uh, I think the, the, the simple fact is that all the cars we've driven will get you quite happily from A to B and in relative comfort. They just all have that little bit of a niggle. That regardless of which one, even the BMW, you can spot at least one or two little things about it that you don't like. And of course, that makes us sound very negative about what has actually been a very positive day. <laughs> I think, if nothing else, it's, it's reinforced that actually nobody makes a bad car these days. There's no car, you know, where the, the steering falls off or, <laughs> you know, something's awful or something's rubbish or whatever. Every, every car does pretty much what it's designed to do and does pretty much what it says on the tin these days it's just whether you like the looks the color whether it suits you or not that's that's the the beauty of choice isn't it but if in doubt pop down to your local friendly dealer who can assist you with such matters rather than buying off the internet yes do that and also depends i think these vehicles whether you're happy to drive one that's left-hand drive or not (laughs) because or was left-hand drive (laughs) yeah let's face it i mean some of these cars for example the tonali would be far better if the steering wheel was on the wrong side um well for us in this country anyway it might be in your in your home market listening home it's on the right side but not literally of course it's on the left side if it was on the right side it'd be on the right side god what an edit this is going to be <laughs> oh man is this going to be an edit for you it's been a long day <laughs> yeah it's been a long day nevertheless we all found something that we quite liked the mg4 i think we decided we all liked oh the, the mg4 I mean, from the very beginning we've liked that it's got better and better this one proper fast the old one wasn't slow to be fair though no and i, I just think it's it's fair play to mg what a cracking achievement to have made a car that costs three grand less than the average price of a new car in this country that can produce that power that performance and has got loads of room in it and will do everything you ever need it to do actually do you ever need any more car than the mg4 4x power or whatever it's called (laughs) no you probably don't but if you have literally twice the amount of money to spend buy the one that you like yes i I think i would probably i think i enjoyed it twice as much to be fair (laughs) actually yes you do you you need the i4 so we're now off to luton to go and look at used bmw i4 (laughs) so here you go in terms of conclusions that's it either buy the one that you can afford if you can't buy the one that's twice the amount (laughs) i've been mike thank you for listening to uk motor talk I've been Jim. Thank you for listening. I've been Andrew, and I'm sorry for what you've just been listening to. And this has you, been... An- you've edited it, so what, whatever has been produced is entirely down to you from here on in. We've done what we can. And this has been a heavily edited version of the SMMT Day here in Hampshire. We'll Thank you very much for listening. We'll just point out that we, we have been here for... I don't know, eight hours, and we've been talking for at least 16 of those eight hours. So <laughs> if, uh, if this podcast is any less than four hours in length, then you're missing out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're really looking forward to the extended edit of this. 42 minutes long. <laughs> Bye. UK Motor Talk at the SMMT Regional Test Day, South 2023, was a first-take media production.